Welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Justin Box. Yeah, I felt like the Lord say this church is like a duck and its people are like a duck. And um, if you know anything about a duck, it can look like there's not much happening above the water. But if you take a little glance under, its feet are going 100 miles an hour. It can look really graceful on the outside, almost like it's not trying or nothing's happening, but its legs are powering. So I really felt like that um, as I've been pondering the enormity of behind-the-scenes activity of what's happening in our life, the church's life, the property's life, um, the leader's life, the people's life, and almost at times feeling like, what the heck is going on? There is so much happening and, uh, and we're, we are in a, I don't feel like we're even in this first year of building foundation. I feel like we're in a first year of scoping out the lands, so to speak, to build. So I want to encourage you, there is a lot happening, but it involves you doing something. Because we're doing something as a church, but I want to encourage you that you're still you and in charge of you and God's still the God of your life. So dependent on, obviously, we're leading and guiding and moving this church through and it's articulated and communicated on a Sunday. We've got six days of the week where we get to be all the things that we want to be and want to see. Does that make sense? Because we can pray for it to happen on a Sunday, but I want to encourage you guys to start to pursue it in your private and personal life so that you become the thing that you want to see. Make sense? So that's what I did because I would be at times upset and challenged with just church in general because I wanted to see certain things happen and it's a strange place to be because yes the church has a great responsibility but as individuals we are the church so we come and join and be a part of it and add gifts and passions and 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 model kingdom and there's a contagiousness that happens and I and I went on a journey about six years ago to actually see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And to really push the limits of what that could mean and can mean. And not worrying about if it's for another day, so to speak, or another age, or another era, or an epoch of time. But I want to pursue it now because David encountered a lifestyle of worship that wasn't meant for the Old Testament. God didn't give him any plans and blueprints about building the tabernacle of David with 24-hour wild worship. It was never done. There was a tabernacle of Moses. There was a system, a structure, policies and procedures around the tabernacle of Moses, but not the tabernacle of David. And in Acts, and I think Amos, it even says that in the last days, I will rebuild the tabernacle of David not the tabernacle of Moses. And Jesus in John 4, when he was engaging and communicating with the woman at the well, began talking about worship, saying a time is coming and has now come where the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And that was modelled by David first, before the early church. But it wasn't meant to be built. So David pulled on something from another time, into his day because he perceived the heart of the Lord. Mary did a similar thing where Jesus had been baptized and the dove 
as a picture remained on him, the Holy Spirit was attracted by the life and heart of Jesus, being fully man, the dove rested, the Holy Spirit rested. As he came up out of the water, the heavens opened and stayed open and are still open and the dove came and remained. The Holy Spirit remained like a dove. John says that a couple of times. The other Gospels don't. And then God said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased before a miracle was ever done. So we've got this picture now of, of, of Jesus really coming into, onto the scene after the birth, fast forwarding 30 odd years and here he is at the baptism and the encounters happened, the heaven opened, the Holy Spirit came and fell and remained on him and approval was given by the Father which thrusted him into ministry. Well, it thrusted him into the wilderness because anything that's real will be challenged. Anything that's real from God will be opposed. So often we'll receive a word about a healing or a breakthrough or a moment of time where we'll step into the things in our heart and it will be challenged. It will be opposed and we can feel like it's not God but it's just that it is God and it's being opposed. So Jesus modelled that specific thing in the wilderness but in the wilderness... He modelled how to overcome and the Bible says that he was led into the wilderness by the Spirit. Luke says that he came out of the Spirit, out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. So the wilderness caused an upgrade. You with me? The Lord's right on this today. So he went in led by the Spirit. It wasn't the devil. But Jesus knew who he was so he answered the devil really well according to truth. And when we live our life not based on lies and confront lies and demolish lies and step into truth, we position ourselves for an upgrade in the spirit and we move out of a tough time with an upgrade. That's why Paul says, guys, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. It's important that your faith is tested. It's important that your faith is is taken through challenges and obstacles. Why? He says, Peter says it, to prove that it's genuine, worth more than gold. So you can stand the tests. So don't see an obstacle as something that's going to hinder you and block you and keep you down and it's attack, attack, attack. The Lord's okay. He's actually okay because he works all things for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So if it's not currently good, it's not the end. Because his word is his word. And Romans 8.28 says that in the JDB translation, if it's not currently good, it's not the end. Where were we? We were Jesus coming out of ministry, coming out of that scene of being thrust into ministry. We're talking about pulling things from another day into today. And the theo theological minds are stirring in the room because it sounds wrong and weird and strange. And is it anti-biblical? No, it's not anti-biblical. Because Mary said, sort this wine situation out. <laughs> Can you sort this wine situation out? Do what he says. And Jesus said, woman, 
He said that. It's not my time yet. He said, the time for miracles is not now. And then a few things happened, and what happened? He, started, he did the miracle, and it was the first one, the wedding at Cana, and he turned water into wine. Mary knew who he was, knew what was in him, and pulled it out of him. Sometimes when we're going through things, you've got to step into another time of breakthrough and pull it into your now. You've got to perceive who he is and go, that's who you are, this is what I want now. So we can be told that we're not going to see certain things this side of eternity. And the amazing, encouraging things for all of us here is the Bible doesn't actually say that. It explains what heaven will be like and there's things that we won't have here. Revelation 21 is a great list. There will still be tears and pain and death this side of heaven. We're not going to come up with that list here. That's biblical and sound and great. But often what we do when we run out of answers, we like to come up with things that then gets confirmed with our experience and then over the decades and centuries, it's established as a normal Christian belief system. So we can have thoughts like, oh, miracles aren't for today because I, ha- I don't see them. And then 10 years on, I don't see them either. 10 years on, yeah, I don't see them either. 50 years on, oh yeah, we don't see them either. 100 years on, oh yeah, we don't see them either. So it can't be real. But I I really want to challenge us this morning that he has put certain things in your heart which have been opposed and it's not the Lord and it's it's not saying no, it's just saying that it's got to be shaken Because everything that can be shaken will be shaken, the Bible says. And it's actually okay. Because we consider it pure joy when we face trials of many kinds. Because it tests our faith and we're not going to get an upgrade. We're not going to be stronger. We're not going to be better. We're not going to be bigger. We're not going to step into the call unless it's challenged. Get excited. Paul said in Romans 5, we exult in tribulations. What a maniac. Who does he? What a maniac! We exult in tribulations, mate. Check in to the nearest clinic because you have lost the plot. I mean, his list of scenarios that are disappointing are large. Just read Corinthians. But he said we exult in tribulations because it 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 produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character and character character hope keyword in there proven character our character's proven during tough times and then we get upgrades if we pass the test mike said this for 50 years pass the test when you're in the test and we get an upgrade if we don't you will face it again <laughs> jesus is so good so that's been my heart is to pursue these things and i just want to go through this morning over my last uh, Friday, September 7th, back to Friday, August 16th. So I'm going to go chronologically backwards, if that's even accurately communicated. And we're going to start from Friday, September 7th, and all that just happened then was the Lord. 
So I want you to grab that first seven and a half minutes and steward that and maybe grab the podcast because I don't even know what I said, which is awesome and the best way to communicate. And now I want to grab that and you all know our heart for the church, which is in this booklet, which will be available up the back after the service. So grab that. So that first eight minutes, this booklet, the building that's happened since February in our church. So we're grabbing all that. And now I'm going to share some testimonies about moving in the supernatural, which I do a lot, but it's important because I know you all want this. So we've got to keep being reminded and stirred and challenged because it's a long journey. And if we don't start now, it's not going to happen. And I started about eight years ago when my life blew up and there was a large obstacle where I lost everything. I couldn't have got any worse in 2010. And now I look back and I'm like, I'm not glad it happened, but it was an opportunity for an upgrade. And now I'm seeing things that I thought were for heaven. And I know you guys want this. So as we're spying out the land this year, and we put in some really amazing structures and ministries and framework next year to facilitate all of this stuff. Keep praying for this. So let's share. Is that cool? So on Friday, yeah, it's so good. You okay? Great. So Friday, no, Wednesday, we had a disaster at um, 49 Gladesville Boulevard. Oh no, I gave you my address. Fortunately, we have a security gate. Um, actually, we are training in words of knowledge, so there is a chance that someone here will get a code. <laughs> hey, I'm serious. Email, if you want to practice in the prophetic, email the church our gate code, and the winner gets a prize. <laughs> I'm being serious. Um, so, we had a disaster. Our TV passed. It was a Dick Smith. Uh, which apparently they're no longer in business. And we've got a five-year warranty, but when a company's not in business with a five-year warranty, it doesn't work. So I frisbeed it into the lake um, <laughs> because it was a piece of junk and it was very <laughs> whatever. So we got rid of that and I said, Lee, what are we going to do? I've got the boys coming over Friday night to watch the football. And we planned this big thing, a few of the boys from the golf trip coming over and we're excited about the football uh, so that's great. We're going to go to a new burger place in Patterson Lakes and we're going to get around the cats. Disappointed. And uh, anyway, so I said, what are we going to do? I'd actually, I didn't say what we we're going to do. I said, we're going, to, we're going to have to buy a new TV. And when Lee doesn't say no straight away, not that I need her to say no, but it's always good when we're on a, in agreement. But when I know that she doesn't go, Justin, it's not possible. As soon as I don't hear that in the first 10 seconds, I'm like partying on the inside. <laughs> So I'm just like doing this one on the inside, yeah. So I'm like, we need to get a new TV. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, nothing, 11, 12, 13, 14. We're getting a new TV inside. Going to get a 4K, Ultra HD, 77 inch. I don't even make them, but anyway, so we were wise because we're good stewards of what's been given to us. This is just rambling, guys, sorry. Long story short, we bought a TV, great. Thanks, Alex Monopolis, for the insight. Um, anyway, so they went to deliver it. 
and I didn't answer my phone on Thursday because I was at the football watching Richmond and Hawthorne and, uh, and I didn't answer my phone and they wanted to book in a delivery driver for Friday because I needed a TV so we're watching the football. So I rang Toll Transport on Friday. I said, hey Toll, um, how's my delivery going? And they said, oh you didn't answer your phone so it's coming for Monday, is that okay? And because I operate in kindness and our booklet says kindness fuels my responses, I hung up. No, I... <laughs> I took a deep breath and I said, no, that's not okay. Because it's not. I didn't answer my phone, but hey, I was watching the Tiggies win. (laughs) So I said, it's going to need to be Friday. And they said, no worries, four to six. Anyway, guy rings me and he rocks up. And I'm there and I'm not going to go into details, but we always want to minister to every single person that comes across our life who comes into our sphere of influence, even for a second, to drop off a 55 4K Ultra HD Samsung TV. And I thought he's got a sore back, which is prophetic 101, have a thought, and then advanced prophetic 102 (laughs) is filter it and feel it out a bit in your head in 10 or 20 seconds. So I filtered it down from back to ankle, and I'm like, let's go with the ankle. And I said, hey, buddy, have you got a sore ankle? And he said, yes. Whoa, that's amazing. So from 2010, when my life was a mess, to hearing the voice of the Lord that specifically about a person who might have meant, was meant to come Monday, but came Friday because there was a whole mess up, and God knew the delivery driver for me saying that's not okay. And if I didn't say it's not okay, no worries. I just won't watch the footy with the boys. And it comes Monday, different driver. He doesn't come and I don't hear and he doesn't get blessed. So you see the Lord setting it up. He's more for you hearing than you realize. He's more for you setting everything up around your life so that you can minister. He's more for it than you are. And he's constantly speaking. He's constantly speaking. He's constantly speaking. So I said, well, and then I, I responded differently because I'm growing in confidence with this now. He said, yes, my ankle's sore, and we prayed. And I said, I'm like, this, I promise, this, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, not patronizing, but I said, mate. Like, don't, not, mate. Um, I, said, um, I said, mate, this is unbelievable. And, I, and I, often I say God because he's supernatural and people say, you've got to say Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, Jesus is good to say, better to say because it um, differentiates, wow, um, <laughs> Christianity with um, other religions and that's great, but his supernatural love is bigger than words. Um, so often I say God, but I felt to say Jesus. And I said, Jesus just spoke to me, mate. And he told me about your ankle. What do you think about that? I never said it like that. And he said, he was Indian. I said, what religion are you? And he said, Buddhist. And I said, oh, that's okay. Like, I'm not saying that's okay. I believe that it's real. I'm saying that's okay. You know, light. I'm not going, you're, you're, wrong. you're wrong. So I said, that's oh, okay. I said, what do you think about this? That Jesus spoke to me and I said, you were probably meant to come Monday. But he set it up. What do you think? Are you being encouraged? Because this is for you. Not this message is my preparations for you. Of course it is. But this, this is what he wants for your life. Every single one of us to move in the gifts of the Spirit. Saturday, September the 1st. I'll go a little bit quicker. Um, but I was at a, 
um, Compass Church doing some prophetic training with their leadership team that's going to minister to people outside of a Sunday service. We did lots of prophetic training and we did some word of knowledge training, which is a word of knowledge is not prophetic, it's not future, it's past or current, something that's currently true or in the past that the Holy Spirit reveals that wasn't previously known. That's a word of knowledge. Jesus, I saw you under the fig tree, Nathaniel, in the Bible. That's, that's what it's like. Um, and Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said. So word of knowledge, it's one of the gifts. It's one of the edification gifts. Prophecy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. So I did some training in that. And at the start, it feels like guessing. And people are shy to guess because they feel like they, they're not being integrous with the Holy Spirit, which is good. It's noble. It's great. But we have to move past that because our heart's pure. And if we don't feel like we're guessing and step out and, and having a go, we never grow. Peter couldn't have grown if he'd, stepped, if he'd stayed in the boat. So I said at the very end of the meeting, I felt September 14th, and I wrote it in my phone at 8.37am, and I said at the very end, as we're doing word and knowledge training, they're in pairs, and they've got a list that they're praying, but feeling like they're guessing, dates and birthdays and what's in someone's room at home, and just that sort of thing, like have a thought, God, what is it, bang, excuse me. So 8.37 in the morning, I'm taking notes and praying after an encounter with the Lord on the way to church. I'm prepping and I said, um, and again, the encounter wasn't linked to the word of knowledge. Let's not get weird about that. I just had an encounter in worship and I just had a thought about the word of knowledge. So let's not think it has to be this big grand thing that's unattainable. Not true. Have a thought. So I'm like, September 14th. That was my thought. Wrote it in the phone. And then at the very end, I remembered it. So I said, hey guys, does September 14th mean anything to anyone? And the guy that got me there, planned the day, oversees the ministry, invited me to come, said, that's my birthday. And I'm like, this, you just can't make this up. I said, buddy, I promise I didn't Google you. Because <laughs> the supernatural challenges us. Challenge, challenges us. It's, it's really challenging because we've seen weird stuff before. We've seen stuff that hurts us a bit, maybe done arrogantly, and we, like, we put walls up and say, I don't know how, it's all too hard. But I want to tell you it's possible. He wants you to enter this lifestyle because it's about people, it's about you, and it's exciting. Is that okay? So there, on August 27th, there was a message I sent to my friend for his birthday, and he wrote back to me saying it's the, it's the kindest message that anyone has ever sent to him. And that's my heart with this. That's Paul's heart with this. That's why he said, especially that you prophesy. Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, but especially that you prophesy. At the end of 1 Corinthians 12, when he talks about the nine gifts of the Spirit, the last verse, he says, now I want you to pursue the greater gifts. And then he said, and let me show you a more excellent way. So the greater gifts and a more excellent way. Then we go into 1 Corinthians 13 about love being the foundation. Then we start 1 Corinthians 14, 1, tying in the greater gifts. And I'll show you a more excellent way, love. He says, let love be your highest goal. Eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, comma, especially that you prophesy. And then he goes on to explain, because if you speak in tongues, that's great, but it's only for God. But if you speak prophetic words, it's for people and for the edification of the church to strengthen, comfort, and exhort. That's why he said, eagerly desire the greater gifts, especially that you prophesy. There's something about the prophetic that sees the person. 
I love healing, but it's different. I love miracles. It's different. I love faith. I love all the other gifts. But Paul said something that was in God's heart. He said, these are greater. There's three gifts that are greater. And I want you to earnestly desire them, militantly pursue them. I honestly believe that if I don't become obsessed, then I won't actually grow. I'll look back and wonder and hope. So I have become obsessed with it, which is linked in with that Greek word, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you prophesy. So these gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and the prophetic are the greater gifts that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, and especially that you prophesy. Are we okay? And then, so we're at that, we're about, and this is just in the last two weeks. But when you give yourself to a lifestyle of it and pursue it over eight years, then it actually starts to begin possible. Every time I say September 14th or I say, is your name Maddie or da, 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 I still get shocked, but I'm growing more in confidence with it. Like, oh, maybe I do have this gift, which is then possible to impart to others because it's family and family, yeah? Then you've got gifts that I need. Okay, a couple more and then we'll, we'll uh, wrap up today. So then we went out Sunday 18th. So that was the 22nd with the breakfast, Jonathan Edwards, blah, blah, blah. Um, Sunday the 18th, we're at San Antonio Barbecue, and I felt like I had a word for the waitress because that's our heart. Um, I'd love every single person in this church to have the heart that if anyone ever goes out for dinner, it's, it's, it's 100% that the waitress will get prophesied over. That's my heart for this church. There's not even, and that your, the company of people that you're with fight over who gives them the word. That's so much so that you might have to give the bar guy a word or someone that hosted another area a word because it's just part of your life. That's our heart. Not a pressure, you must, but we get to. So I just said, um, this is what's going to happen. I know, locked in. And when you're around people, you're even more confident than you are on your own. So I was talking with Brett about it, like this is what I'm feeling, just sharing my process with him because he wants to grow in it. I didn't kick him out that day, but we've got some dates planned. Um, but yeah, just talking through it. And I went up to her and I asked her questions. So word of knowledge, asked her questions. It's safe. Not this is what's happening, intense. It's like, hey, do you go to uni? Yep. Are you starting some sort of business? Yep. And then you just get confident. You're like, oh, wow, I heard God. Okay, so this is what I feel. That business is going to be something part of your life that's going to mark you, but it's going to be linked to a humanitarian thing, like a cause-driven business that you're going to manage. And she's freaking out. And she's like, oh my goodness, thank you so much. And I'm like, hey, Jesus is amazing, sees you, loves you, created you, walked off, thanks for the ribs. But like, this is part of our life. So then this is the last one. So then, then the, the Friday night before, I wrote down some dates as I was speaking at a youth event on Friday night down the corner. And I wrote down Matthew and that he had a sister in the same youth ministry and he was 13. Long story short, I said that, I called that out. And he stood up, Matthew, out of 200 kids, one Matthew. Like, that's awesome. I said, have you got a, minute, a sister in the same youth ministry? A bit more risky. She stood up. Everyone's like, oh. Then I got to prophesy over both of them and encourage them. I don't know where they were at in life. I got her name wrong, but that's okay, because we see in part 1 Corinthians 13. Just here at church. Kurt and Dimitri were talking one during meet and greet. And I said, hey, do you play guitar, Kurt? Didn't know. He said, yep. I said, God wants you to start again. He goes, oh, I hadn't been playing. That feels good. Message me saying, really encouraged. 
It's just learning how to have a thought. Can I get the band up? Or just Chris? I always do that. <laughs>